Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in sports cars, listener Q&A, host jamboree. I don't even know what to call this, Graham Goodwin, but I do know <laughs> we are very thankful to the fine folks at Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers and torontomotorsports.com, those three amazing entities who take care of us here in the podcast. We're also very thankful for Daniel Summersgill, who puts together the questions for us each week with just high, high performance in every Word document he submits. Uh, to you as well, your family, your amazing wife, Trudy, the two of you getting a little bit of a break coming back here into nice wintry UK. Um, currently wearing seven uh, sweaters and, and jackets and all kinds of stuff just to try and stay warm. Uh, we have a short show for y'all today. I am having to leave at a very early hour tomorrow and then going to be gone for more than a week on race coverage uh, expeditions. So I got a lot to do. I got to head out the door shortly, Graham Goodwin. So why don't we do this? Um, I'm going to pick a couple questions and uh, I'll answer them. And then you pick a couple questions from your world and mm -hmm. then maybe we'll do a couple more and then we'll say farewell. Does that sound okay? That sounds absolutely fine to me. It's uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, from, you're quite right, what's been a sweltering um, UK this last few days. Unprecedented temperatures. It's, uh, it must be like driving a sports car, um, but 40 plus degrees. And uh, in answer to Andrew Miller, yes, the Husky's not been a very happy boy. Yeah, I know where I'm headed uh, to the middle of the good old country. Uh, where we're going, meant to be over 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so... Yeah, it'll be a little toasty. It's okay. Um, hey, we got some questions. There was an announcement yesterday, Graham, that NASCAR is going to do its first ever Street race. I believe it's mm -hmm. its first ever. If they've done one before, I apologize. But I can't recall one at least. But they're going to be racing in downtown Chi-Town, good old Chicago, Illinois. And IMSA was represented there. Uh, news that there will be a IMSA event during mm -hmm. the NASCAR event, uh, no mention as to what classes, but we do have uh, Ryan Terpstra asking what good event is IMSA going to murder for a bad event in Chicago. <laughs> it's, your, it's your optimism, Ryan, that uh, we always look forward to every week. I don't know. Uh, I admittedly have not reached out to try and find out exactly which classes are going to be there. Knowing... Knowing how firm, Graham, IMSA, mm -hmm. the WC, FIA have been about what's coming in terms of prototypes, these new hybrid GTPs here, um, the budgets anticipated for those, I would think uh, tacking a GTP race uh, onto a NASCAR street course weekend, that doesn't strike me as something that most manufacturers would say, yes, let's do that in the first year yeah. of this new formula. So purely guessing, it would be pro-Amish classes. Uh, I don't know how many. Could it be P2, P3, none of the above, just GT? I don't know. But that strikes me as if we're going to have WeatherTech Championship represented at this NASCAR street race. <sighs> Probably not going to be the big factory-type uh, classes that show up. So I don't know if that aligns with, with your thinking. But would that lead to another event falling away to do that i don't know uh, i i apologize for being a big bag of i don't know 
but I don't know. Um, but I'm going to try and find out and I'm going to try and know. So the next time we talk about this, I'll be a big bag of, uh, I do know. I know, but I can't tell you. Yes. I don't know. We'll try. Um, uh, Ricky Zagata, uh, does say, or does ask, does IMSA plan to add or modify the schedule? And Aaron King says any truth to the quote rumor that mid Ohio will not be on the IMSA schedule next year. Aaron might be referencing what I, uh, posted in last week's racer mailbag. It might've even been the first question, which tends to be primarily an IndyCar related, uh, thing as I pick up Rocky and stop him from walking across the keyboard. Um, everything that I understand is we will have a standard length IMSA WeatherTech sports car championship race, Graham, not a four, six, eight, 12, 10,000 hour, whatever that we thought, uh, Indianapolis road course might be, uh, from what I understand, it's going to be a standard two hour, 40 minute thing. Okay. Uh, September of next year is what I have heard. I don't have a date as for where it would land in September, but those are the two things I've heard uh, regarding the Indianapolis part of the calendar. What would go away in order to make room for that? Well, that's the other part that I've heard and that I wrote about that, yes, uh, this year's IMSA trip to the Mid-Ohio Sports Cars, Sports Cars? Sure. Sports Car Course <laughs> from uh, May 13 to May 15 uh, will have been its last, at least for the near future. So yes, mid Ohio going away a bit old and decrepit and falling apart, uh, being replaced by something that is only getting prettier and prettier by the week as Roger Penske invests lots of money into the Indianapolis motor speedway to make it a crown jewel visually uh, in ways that it hadn't been uh, for a little while. So can't tell you if and what might be going away to make way for whatever classes are going to chicago but i can say that yes indy road course comes on the schedule next year from what i understand standard length and uh mid ohio is the uh, one being voted off the island to make space uh aaron king um michael o'keefe uh, similar question here are asking about this so yeah covered that off about the mid ohio uh bit i'm just trying to look yeah and also dan rice you you point out one thing that I noticed too, and I could have easily just misspoken, Graham, assuming that weather tech is what was coming to uh, the Chicago race. Um, Dan Rice says, MP, I, I did read the news that IMSA is going to be part of that NASCAR Chicago street race weekend, but suspiciously nothing was mentioned uh, about what series. Is it weather tech? Is it Michelin pilot prototype challenge uh, Lamborghini super trofeo? Uh, they might announce Six or seven more single match championships, Graham. Uh, yes. Um, what might it be? So it is, it's a great question. Uh, beyond what class uh, could it be? Which series uh, that runs under the IMSA umbrella? So, yeah, I don't know. But I would just maybe come back to, to close on this, Graham, that considering how uh, miserly IMSA has been with its schedules, for many years now, uh, no growth in terms of we're tacking on additional numbers of event years after year. And hey, it's 12 this year and 13 and 14. And they've been very careful to not do that. 
using feedback from their paddock saying, hey, money, tight, <laughs> don't, don't make us spend more of it or have to try and find more of it to be able to go and do extra events. The way things have played out for the most part is if something new comes in, something else goes. So that's what leads me to think here, and I think Dan might be on to uh, the answer. Would I be surprised to learn it is not a weather tech participation uh, in Chicago? Not at all. So can't say any of that's a fact, but uh, that's at least what uh, I would lean towards giving Im- given IMSA's history of how they do uh, calendar additions and subtractions related to its top series. Um, yeah. Well, you're not kind of long to wait, are you? Because I think the uh, the calendar side of things is going to be what two weeks Road America for the state of the series. Yeah, yep. So I that'll think, be yeah. here very soon. And speaking of soon, what do you want to talk about from your side of the world, Graham? FI World well, Endurance Championship, WEC, Asm Elms, ACO. Uh, well, there's a there's a, there's a quick cut across really, um, and a number of uh, questioners. Andrew Miller, a Juris. Status or regular uh, a regular customer there, Gustavo Bamba. Gustavo Bamba. My apologies. Um, Earl, Earl Bamber's oh. uh, Argentinian <laughs> brother, I believe. All asking variations of the theme of what's coming, and in particular, why are Acura, Honda, and BMW not doing the WC next year? So, uh, Andrew asks, will any GTP, LMDH cars be shown off publicly at any IMSA or WC events for the end of the year? The one we know that is uh, programmed is if the test program goes well, we could, should see the Porsche 963 uh, in racing conditions uh, at Bahrain, the final round of the FIWC uh, season. So that's uh, as I look down, is second week in November. So, so let me possibility. And, and I know we're talking about your side of the world, Graham, yeah. not mine. But just to add in, since we are talking about what is a global formula or global, whatever you want to call it, between organizations, assuming there are no issues with testing, I, but little birdie tells me, uh, plans will go forward for the brand new Acura ARX06 to make its public debut, although it'll be a private debut, but there will be people who consist of the public who were invited. Um, <laughs> there'll be folks invited to see the ARX 06, at least for the debut, the pulling of the covers. Will it be pushed out to uh, a paddock? I don't know, but I do know the plans are for, uh, I believe it's the weekend of August 17th through 20 in Monterey. The uh, Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion, uh, Little Birdie tells me, is where the AR6, AR06 is meant to be unveiled. They did that five years ago, was it? Six, five, six years ago with the ARX05 at the very okay. same event at a beautiful little resort about a 30-minute drive from Laguna Seca. Uh, had everybody uh, turn over their, their cell, mobile phones uh, before walking in so no one could take photos of it uh, to breach the uh, the official release of images and livery and you name it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that is scheduled here for a couple weeks from now, assuming there are no issues with testing. And then we do know that, what, two days after Petit Le Mans? Um, so that is, you know, late September, early October, we are meant to have the first uh, group GTP test at road atlanta uh, i think again i think it starts the monday it's like a monday tuesday yeah, oh, we've, maybe we've had the uh, back-to-back test done with uh, sebring with the caddy 
and the Porsche, but yep. the Acura not quite ready. BMW, I'm pretty sure about another week before that thing starts rolling. Heard the same. So, so can, sorry? Heard the same. Yeah, um, uh, but to, to weave in the answer to the other questions here as to why at the moment there's no sign of a factory-backed effort for either Acura slash Honda or BMW of the WC, well, that comes down to where has the money come from? Where have they got confidence in terms of the activation going to? I think we're closer to something with BMW than we are with the Honda. The um, BMW, there are pretty active plans now to push forward and add a WC program of some description, whether or not that's uh, factory, semi-factory, certainly isn't privateer that's being looked at, uh, remains to be seen. But there's an active process underway and a variety of uh, parties have been mentioned in concert with that. I'm aware there's more than one proposal on the table uh, at the moment to bring BMW back into the FI World Endurance Championship uh, for the first time since the uh, M8 GTE. Honda, well, teams have spoken to Honda uh, in Japan and their Italian uh, representatives about this. Uh, but there doesn't seem to be anything immediately on the horizon on that front. So could that end up being a one, two-year US-only program? Possibly. Uh, The interesting part of this, MP, and it it applies to others, including Alpine and the Andretti connection there, is just how live is the customer market going to be? We know more or less what's going on with the customer market for Porsche for this year. There's one missing piece, and that's the second WEC card. I'm reasonably close to establishing who that is. It isn't Proton, by the way. It certainly wasn't uh, a week ago. But I can also tell you, by the way, that the second car has not been bought or had not been bought by the Monza WC weekend. So the, there's still a live process underway there. Um, it's going to come down to whether and how many and where those customer cars might go. And that's not just the LMDH cars, the BMWs, the Porsches, the Acuras, the Cadillacs, for that matter, but also LMH. We know that uh, that Peugeot are keen on developing a potential customer um, base for their car. Jim Clickenhouse would bite your hand off if you wanted to pay him $2.5 million for one of his SCG007 um, hypercars. Uh, less confident that we're going to see that marketplace for Ferrari, for instance. But it is coming together nicely. And and the story that I wrote last week that basically says with the latest um, announcements and bits and pieces coming together, we're now effectively assured of double figures in the the GTP class for IMSA and for the hypercar class for uh, the FIWC. And we push on from there in 2024. There will be news in just a few hours' time, uh, about the driver selections for another um, hypercar and GTP contender for 2024. So there'll be more still to come. As for the rest of it, it's pretty apparent to me, MP, that a number of the parties involved here are drip-feeding us information um, we don't know, for instance, what a number of these cars are going to be called. We don't know what the Cadillac's called. We don't know what the Ferrari's called yet. Uh, we don't know about the engine of the Ferrari. Uh, there's all sorts of other aspects of these, these, these efforts that we don't know. And that's before we start talking about 
the the uh, the driver marketplace. So pretty clearly, they're looking to be how can I put this drip drip with the news feed, and that's good because it keeps the um, it keeps the stories alive over a period of weeks and indeed months before we start to see these cars out testing in earnest and then uh, look forward to their uh, their competitive debuts. Um, you're right, by the way. I think you implied uh, some issues around the uh, the testing. One of those issues we know has been the MGU, the Bosch MGU, uh, part of the spec hybrid system that tested pretty faultlessly on the um, on the the dynos, but has been somewhat less impressive once it's actually out in track conditions. And indeed, I am told, and I've not had this confirmed, but I'm told that at that point, Porsche's sole remaining MGU, having gone through many of them, um, failed, which meant that the Porsche 963 did not go up the Goodwood Hill on the final day um, with hybrid power. Uh, there is a fix in play. We believe that might uh, well be making its way through now to the teams and the organisations making their way out on the track for their first tests. And let's hope we can move forward a bit more at a pace. Toro Track stepping in to help. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that what you're yeah. implying? Yes? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, wouldn't that be a, a big plus? Um, what else have we got? Uh, these were a little bit of a mix-up. I know poor old Daniel had a rather troubled uh, journey home this evening um, before putting this out. Uh, Owen, at Bunch of Jerk 69 Great Twitter handle. Ah, what are the odds of teams such as Ferrari and Alpine bringing a third car to Le Mans for their F1 drivers? Well, I'm told Ferrari are only building two of those cars. Uh, so I think that's unlikely in 2023. Um might we see an extra Peugeot? Might we see an, an extra Toyota? I think they're possible. Alpine, don't know. Um, we'll just wait and see exactly the scope and scale of the Alpine 2024 program, remember. But it does beg the question, doesn't it? If this new era MP does take off, who are we going to see looking to to just have a bit of a go at this to see whether or not they they like the look and feel of it? And there's a number of drivers, I think, out there that you might reasonably expect a little later on in their um, in their careers might be looking to see. One of the ones that I must admit, I think, has got the the attitude, the aptitude, the outlook, and the interest is Vettel. Sebastian Vettel, not currently with a uh, manufacturer in Formula One that's got immediate hypercar or GTP aspirations, but he does strike me as being student of sport. Um, you, you may or may not remember MP, him asking um, in the press conference at the Grand Prix at the time, um, who won them all? Um, and I think that was when Fernando Alonso was involved in it. So there's a driver that I think would add quite something in terms of character and talent and outlook and maturity and all that good stuff to the show do i think we're immediately going to see a third car you know for ferrari's f1 guys no do i think it's possible we might see an f1 driver or two um a contemporary f1 driver or two i have a bit of a crack at this yeah um when don't know but the 2023 le mans 24 hours would be ideal particularly if the fi deliver on their aspiration for there to be no clash whatsoever with that weekend 
that could then be something, couldn't it? Because, you know, the driver market is going to be pretty lit in the next few weeks and months. Anything else you've spotted here? Yeah, and I, I've maybe scrolled down a bit. We'll, uh, I'll wander through a couple. Our pal Andrew Baca, a.k.a. Baxter, talking about the drive time at Watkins Glen, mm. uh, asking... Uh, were the WGI drive times more evidence that sports car racing is an exercise and rule following? Um, yes, I've been saying this for more than a decade. Uh, sports car racing absolutely formed by lawyers in terms of the modern era where it is more about the rules and the minutia and following the rules than actually going out and competing uh, like athletes normally do on a field in a cage uh, on a pitch on a wherever um yeah i mean i'm obviously being sarcastic but to andrew's point uh, um this kind of stuff just makes me wonder uh where the priorities happen to fall because i can tell you that of the reasons that manufacturers get into motor racing and uh, i would say the wealthy business people uh, who are bringing money to fund pro-am programs uh, they don't come here in order to demonstrate their ability to follow the most arcane rules you'll find in any form of motor racing they come here to do motor racing so it's a very general comment it's one i've said on the show dozens of times over the years but uh, yeah Sometimes collectively we don't do ourselves any favors in sports car racing by making folks go, you know what? Uh, this ain't why I'm here. So I'll see you later. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Rob Chalmers. Do you think the WC will see through the Machiavellian AOP sandbaggery Peugeot are doing on the run up to the centenary at Lamar Graham? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> could it be possible that someone at the uh, good old weckety weck, spots it um well i i think persia arrived well i know persia arrived at monza knowing they had uh pretty little likelihood those cars were going to run untroubled um i i don't think it was a surprise that they were finding things that broke and i think that's part of the reason for doing it uh in terms of their pace is the more to be found yeah do i think it's out and out sunbagging no, actually, no, I don't. I, I think what they're doing is they're running their program. They've got races to burn here um, at the end of this season. Uh, we've got, obviously, Fuji coming up, and that's quite some commitment to take those two cars, um, you know, halfway around the world and back again, and then into the heat of Bahrain. So do I think there's overt sandbagging? No, no, I really don't. Um and they're going to have to burn an awful lot of races, by the way, if they're going to burn everything until uh, Le Mans running a second and second and a half off the pace. It was its first race, okay? Um, if we're still seeing that kind of um, outlook for them after a second and then a third racing weekend, then at that point you would start to think that Peugeot Sport might be concerned about their pace, and if they're not expressing concern about their pace then there might be a reason for it. But after one uh, race in very hot conditions, uh, I'm not ready to talk about sandbagging yet, I'm afraid. No. Um, Statis 
Kokorigianis, sorry, status. Can WC create another duel in the championship? IMSA's got Daytona, Sebring, Petit Le Mans in the WC. There is Le Mans. I'd say Bahrain has the potential as a track, but crowds and attendance are so low, this would up the championship's value. It's a great question. I think they've they've looked to try to do this previously. I think the one that strikes me as having poten- the most potential with what we know is coming is probably one you're not expecting me to say, and that's Monza. Why? Because Ferrari and because Lamborghini. Uh, and by 2024, it will be Ferrari versus Lamborghini in the top class with top class drivers against, bluntly, the majority of the world's major motor manufacturers in one shape or another. The one that could make it through is that, because that Ferrari, when we see it in its final uh, intended form, should be a truly beautiful car. Uh, And that's not something you could currently say about the F1 cars. F1 will always be on a level above this. But for the Tifosi, for the local uh, fans to come flocking, to come and see a car, not running for a GTE Pro win, but for an overall win against the really big manufacturers, that's where I think you have the opportunity to just change a few minds about sports car racing and where better than the Templar Speed. Um, I'll be very interested to see what, what happens here about the way in which Ferrari activate this program. And then beyond that, and I know there's a couple of questions elsewhere here, MP, about what goes on uh, in terms of effectively marketing uh, the FIWEC rather than just the Le Mans 24 hours. It's worth saying, by the way, fully well aware that the ACR have signed a deal with a major broadcast organization for a fly on the wall documentary for Le Mans, not for the FIWEC, but for the Le Mans 24 hours and its centenary. And that's um, perfectly correct that they should do so. But it's a, it's an odd message to the FI's world championship that sits alongside that. I'm going to take one more question here that I'll pose to you. Then I will okay. grab two comments and then ask you to say farewell. Uh, okay. Our pal Stuart Hart says, Graham, how closely do you think the FIAWEC and its partners monitor social media analytics? Says it's incredibly important to deliver value for manufacturers and teams. Looking at the Monza six-hour race, the official WC YouTube channel had a good few million views. Says uh, it shows the potential of social media. Says I'd also like to point out that Peugeot Sports YouTube channel has hundreds of thousands of views for the uh, Monza race, while the Toyota Gazoo Racing, uh, barely 10,000. And also says the uh, Signatech Alpine uh, channel, uh, they didn't post anything. Um, All teams need this referring to social media value beyond that tv rating number and how many folks tuned into a broadcast via again a television set or a streaming app do you have any idea graham how much the wc looks at good old youtube type numbers and turns that into numbers metrics whatever value to present back to manufacturers sponsors and so on Uh, The answer is yes, I do. Um, I'm not directly involved in that process. I am what you might call a disruptor here. Um, There is a running joke with the WC comms team that at some point during the weekend, 
early in the weekend, I will come into their office and say, I've had this idea. Um, all I say is this, there are a lot of very able people within the organization battling hard to achieve all the things you would like them to be able to achieve. And that includes doing more with what we've got with the TV deal, doing more with what we could have with YouTube. That's a very, very active uh, discussion at the moment. And more to the point, doing more with social media and not just doing it because it's there, doing it well. Um, are the lessons still to be learned? Are the things, buttons that still can be pushed? Yes. I'll repeat again what I've said so many times in the past year. If you want more, write to the correct people, influence the correct people, do it politely and do it constructively and tell them why you think that. Tell them why you want free practice two and three practice three free on YouTube. You're not going to get any pushback from the people talking to microphones. Let me tell you, tell them what you'd like to see on social media. Tell them what you'd like, uh, how you'd like to uh, have your favorite world championship presented to you and tell them what's in it for them. Okay. Um, there is a tsunami coming for this championship. And I just want to feel as if, we're all ready for it in the most positive of ways because there is literally nobody in the organization responsible for presenting it, whether or not that is TV, the online offering, the social media offering, that isn't trying their very level best to, to present the best show we possibly can. Uh, it at times can be frustrating. The commercial realities at times are frustrating. But I can tell you, we talk before we get there, we talk while we're there, we talk before we leave, and we talk between races about what it is we can do to help all of you. And, by the way, the countless thousands out there that could be joining you as loyal fans of sports car racing to access it um, as, as, as easily as they possibly can and with coverage at the highest possible quality. Uh, that fight will go on without a shadow of a doubt. I'm going to finish, uh, MP, just before I wrap up the show with a question from Right Turn Lover. And that is, you'd like us to name three design features of the 963 Porsche <laughs> that remind us of the 962. I'm going to start. It's the 96 bit on the badge. Yes, uh, the Porsche. The Porsche badging as well. Okay. Yeah, and there two. is, yes, there is one other aspect that uh, it took me a little while to see. But I, I can say that this does uh, really spur great memories of seeing so many different Porsche 962s race uh, back in the day in IMSA GTP. And that is, I mean, truly, and, and I don't know why I didn't notice this one earlier, closed cockpit. No. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, I mean, there are a couple other things I noticed as well. It has wheels. I counted each four corner? of them. Not one at each corner. That's yes, revolutionary. yes, they did it. They did it. They said, screw all of you. We're going to put four wheels on this car so folks can say, well, it's clearly a callback to the 962. So uh, it has a it has bodywork on it. Right. It has an engine. I, I, okay. Now I'm waiting to confirm this, Graham. Can't say for sure, but I believe it also has a transmission. Uh, so yes. There, there are more than three. Very easy to find more than three direct parallels between the 962s and the 963. Um, all of that aside, 
Yes, other than what Graham mentioned, the fact that it has the numbers 9 and 6 in its name and that it carries Porsche badging, there's absolutely nothing uh, yeah. to be ne- found that's similar between the two. Um, uh, next, week's, uh, next week's show, we're going to be comparing the Van Wart on the LMH with the 1958 uh, <laughs> World Championship Constructors <laughs> winning Formula 1 car. Uh, yes. Stay, uh, uh, stay close for that one. And also, yes, all of the, the just blatant ripoffs done with the uh, Nissan GTR LM Nismo GTLM Nismo 1R and the Cannibal, right? Uh, yes. fr- front engine prototypes, clearly. I mean, it, I'm surprised there wasn't a lawsuit from uh, Bruce Trenery and family uh, to Don Nissan. Cox. Yes, exactly. Um, before you take us home, though, I wanted to read two quick things here that were sent in. Uh, one from at Double Waved Yellow. Uh, right. Yeah, this is to Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, a.k.a. Mo Sport uh, event comments uh, slash questions. So Double Wave Wello says the paddock negativity around the visit to CTMP was off the charts this year, despite the great turnout and love from Canadian fans. says it felt like teams used the uh, vaccination requirements as an excuse and more um, for the handful that skipped out on coming. Uh, mentioned now Chicago is being announced on what has been our traditional date for next year. Should we be worried? I uh, try to be positive and thank every team member I could for coming in. And I received griping about the border in return. Uh, I know it's a hassle, but does the paddock truly understand how important it is to us that they continue to come and that this market loves racing? Um, there's a lot there. Uh, how's this? The paddock doesn't really have to know anything other than if IMSA says hello competitors in whichever championship uh, who we've deemed will be on the calendar and going to good old Canada every year to most sport uh, that's where they go so I don't, that's not meant to be a negative response to your question but whether folks in the paddock love it or hate it that's the job and now, yep. granted, there are some, were some at the uh, IMSA race, and there were plenty last weekend at the IndyCar race, uh, North American racing team employees who did not travel because they do not meet the vaccination requirement in order to cross into Canada. Uh, so there's that part. But at least for those who showed up, um, I can tell you this, I have heard from quite a few folks from the immigration process and the exigration process, um, I've heard from quite a few people who traveled to Canada for both IMSA and IndyCar and then left. And with the highly increased scrutiny at the border, um, just tell you that the frustrations were pretty common. Now, am I saying it's super easy to get into the United States of America. Again, I'm not saying Canada's bad and everything else is easy. I'm just saying the things I heard fell in line with a lot of this uh, from some folks that I heard from. Uh, one driver that I spoke with yesterday uh, who did very, very well uh, during their trip to Canada here mentioned something about 90 minutes to uh, just to get to uh, their gate because, uh, yeah, Hey, trying to uh, get home, having to show everything, pull everything out of bags, super long line. Like Canada's being very strict, not wanting to have COVID uh, flare up. 
and let any of us diseased Americans or others bring bad things. So, uh, I don't know. Griping is not uncommon, though, um, from crews. Having been a former crew member, uh, that's kind of part of the job. So, I guess apologies that you heard a lot of negativity from folks in the paddock, but these are the folks who put on the show. They aren't the show themselves. And if they work in a industry where going to Canada is part of what they have to do for their job, um, it's not like they're going on a vacation. They're going to work. And if going to do that job happens to come with double or triple the amount of obstacles and pains in the behind and yada, 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 compared to going to whatever domestic event, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't think that would be uncommon to hear. Um, Let me close here with the reading of things. And this comes from our pal Kevin DeVries, a Canadian as well. Says, would like to give kudos and thanks to the IMSA personnel, owners, drivers, and crews that came to play up here in Canada. Understand it may not have been easy to cross the border. Trailers full of race cars and stuff and flying staff. Uh, Couldn't have been easy at the best of times, let alone in the current climate. So to me, the ones that made the trip are worthy of acknowledgement. Uh, also says, even though there were fewer than uh, a two-four uh, of entries, a lovely beer reference, uh, for the WeatherTech race, it was a heck of a show. Uh, nearly three dozen um, IPC entries on Saturday didn't disappoint either. Seeing Wickens get a second victory in home soil to my little girl to be able to see Taylor Hagler on the podium in the uh, the pilot challenge event with all the boys was absolutely worth the admission, Graham. For a race-starved Canadian, taking in my first ever IMSA weekend at CTMP was exactly what the doctor ordered. So thanks, Kev, for sending that in. Uh, and also to Double Wave Yellow. You know, we don't just want to hear the happy stuff. We want to hear whatever it is. But thanks for the two of you for giving us point and counterpoint yeah. and you name it uh, coming out of Canada. So with that, Mr. Goodwin, the... Uh, I'll take us home. Uh, I'll take us home after this uh, response, by the way, which is you make your own choices in life. Uh, We've been through two, nearly three years now of uh, into COVID, through COVID, and we hope beyond COVID. In our time, uh, we were crossing something like 10 to 12 international borders. The rules are always different every single time we did it. Um, Vaccination. I reckon 200 plus PCR tests in about 18 months, MP. Uh, countless form filling, 45 to 90 minutes at a border crossing, particular to, particularly at uh, an airport, was not unusual. Uh, I'm trying really desperately hard not to say to some of those people, please get over yourselves and actually fight the fight and respect the fact that that's the law in that country in the same way you'd expect the law to be respected in yours and respect to the people in your own paddock that have to go through that process with your country coming to the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for two years. I thought IMSA's line on this one was absolutely spot on. I have little patience with, um, I don't have a problem with people opting not to be vaccinated. I do have a problem with the pomposity that comes all too often with uh, some of those choices and the sermons that come with them. Sermon over. Um, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a short and sweet one with MP about to leave jetting around North America covering IndyCar type stuff. We're going to say thank you, as always, to Cooper Tyres, to the Justice Brothers and to torontosmotorsports.com. He's been over there and it's Marshall Pruitt. I've been here 
It's Wiltering, and I am Graham Goodwin. This has been the Week in Sports Cars, part of the Marshall Pro Podcast, and we will be with you next week.